You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. How are you all? You can take your seats. Auckland, it's so good to be here. And uh, I hear that you are the number one most livable city in the entire world. Did you not know that? Well, congratulations. Um, Adelaide is number three, it turns out. So I came to check out number one and just confirm that you are, in fact, the best city. I have loved being here. And so to Pastor Steve and Pastor Bex, thank you so much. Um, It has been an honor to be here. To Pastor Luke and Marilyn, thank you so much as well. Um, I feel like I've come home in some ways. I feel like you kind of are family. I know David, I just talked to Bex, he's been here like a bunch of times, so many times, and he said uh, I was going to just love it, and I have, so thank you so much. It has been an honor to be here, and uh, I really feel like I have a word for every one of you this morning, so grab your Bibles. We're going to turn to Matthew 26 today. I'm reading from the NLT and from verse 6, and it says this, meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this and said, what a waste. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Let me pray this morning. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that every time we open these pages, that God, you speak to us, that you always have something for us, that you always have something to reveal to us. And I pray, God, this morning, anoint this word. I pray, God, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. I pray, speak to people's hearts. I pray, God, encourage us, equip us, empower us to go about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I pray, God, help us in our weeks as we go ahead into the world. I pray, God, equip us for what you have called us to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Amen. Awesome. You talked about chocolate being your love language, or my love language is by far coffee. In fact, an oat latte is the way to my heart. So whoever's been making me coffee, I love you. Thank you. Uh, it's official. So the title of my message this morning is Waste Not, Want Not. Turn to your neighbor and say, Waste Not, Want Not. You know, I think about these things that we can do, you know, especially in, I guess, this last season, I feel like, has this just been a wasted season? Have, have we been wasting our days or wasting our time just kind of locked down, shut down, doing, having to do life differently? But I really believe that nothing we do unto Jesus is a waste. The kingdom of God is so different to the world around us. There are things that make sense in the kingdom that make no sense to the people in the world. It makes no sense to come to church every Sunday. You know, to people who don't believe in Jesus, to come to church every Sunday makes no sense. To lift our voices and lift our hands in worship might look ridiculous to some people. It makes no sense to give our tithe, our 10% of our income to the church or to choose to live generously. It makes no sense to pray for a miracle in response to a bad report from the doctor. It makes no 
no sense to keep yourself pure until your wedding night. It makes no sense to take authority over powers in an unseen realm. This stuff is foolish to the world around us. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. I look at this story of this woman in an act of faith, in an act of generosity, in an act of gratitude, perhaps even in an act of understanding what Jesus was going to in, 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 or what was ahead for him, did such a good thing to him, the Bible says, such a good thing for her to pour out what seems like a waste, even to the disciples. She poured out her treasure in response to the kindness and the mercy of the Son of God. She gave extravagantly of her wealth, and it was anything but wasted. It was poured out unto Jesus. It was anything but wasted. But the Bible tells us that we can, in fact, waste our treasure. It says in Matthew 6, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. You know, we look at the prodigal son and we know that he wasted his inheritance. He wasted his treasure on wild living, on crazy living. That's in Luke 15. And I find we heard even yesterday from Pastor Sharon, if you were here at Replenish. Girls, give me a wave if you were here yesterday. There you go. Awesome. Uh, We even heard yesterday about when Jesus fed the 5,000. He still cared about the leftovers. It says in John 6, in John 6, now gather the leftovers, he told the disciples, so that nothing is wasted. Jesus cared that none of the miracle of his provision was wasted. He cared that all of the miracle was received and none of it was lost. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6 that wherever your treasure is, that your desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, don't waste your treasure. Where your treasure is is where your heart will follow. I want to ask you this morning, are you wasting your treasure on things that have no eternal value, on things that, have, that are purely material, purely temporal, purely for this life only? Are you putting your treasure towards things that don't build the kingdom realm? Is your heart following your treasure to places where God doesn't want it to be? Where are you sowing? Where are you investing? Where are you putting money that is actually not, nothing of God, nothing of the kingdom realm? It got me thinking, you know, if we can waste our treasure, what kinds of other things can we waste? Before I jump there, I want to just tell you that next Sunday, uh, we are receiving a faith offering at LifePoint Church to buy our land next door, which is super exciting, uh, where we are like capped, you know, with car parking and space. And so we're buying uh, the gym building next door. And uh, next Sunday, we are believing for a miracle. We're believing for a, a, an offering for, from our people to, to buy that land. And so a couple of weeks ago, I got chatting with my son, James. He's nearly eight. And uh, I said to him, you know, have you thought about what you might like to give into the faith offering? And he gets awkward about something. So he just kind of flashed hands at me like that. <laughs> I was like, $10? That's awesome. And he goes, no. And he did it like 10 more times. I'm like, $100? That's amazing. And he goes, actually, I think I'd like to give all my money into the faith offering. Now, that, I've got to explain what all his money is because he's very good at getting money. He has money. He finds my mother-in-law for calling him Sam when his name is James. So he's got like $2 rolling in on a like weekend basis. <laughs> He's kept all his birthday money. He's kept all his Christmas money. He, I don't know, he just, 
But I actually think my little seven-year-old has the faith for, for finance and faith for giving. So he actually has in his, well, it was in his bank account, but then he kind of likes to do the wheel and deal. So I have to give him the cash and I have to take it out of his bank account. Anyway, he... he he literally has a drawer in his bedside table that is just full of cash. Like, so if you ever need anything, pop over to my house. There's plenty. Um, so anyway, I said, he goes, I think I'd like to give all my money. All of his money is $650. And I said to him, I said, why don't we pray that, you know, God would speak to you? Why don't we pray together and ask God to speak to you about what you should give? So he goes, I don't know how to do that. I said, well, let's pray together. So we prayed together. I said, Holy Spirit, would you speak to James? Help him to know what you, what he would, what you want him to do in this offering. And, I, and he goes, and then, amen, you know. And then maybe another couple of days later, he goes, I, I think I want to give, I still want to give all of my money. And I checked in with him just a couple of days. He goes, yeah, I think I want. So next Sunday, as part of our faith offering, my little seven-year-old is going to give all of his money into this miracle faith offering. You know, I feel like he has a revelation of what it means to sow into and invest into the kingdom realm. He's got an understanding that when you sow into the kingdom of God, it is never wasted. It is not lost. It is sown and you will reap a harvest in due season. So if we can waste our treasure, what else can we waste? Number two, we can waste our talent. You know, we all have talent. First Timothy tells us to not neglect. Do not neglect. That is, do not be careless with the gift that is in you. Don't be careless with the talent that is in you. you know, when we read the parable of the talents in Matthew, we see these, this per, these people who have a five talent or a two talent or a one talent. They have this amount that has been entrusted to them. But the one talent person we know, they hid it in the ground. That, to hide it means to conceal it and to keep it a secret. You know, I think that's incredible that God gives us these talents. And I want to encourage you today to find your talent and to invest it, to sow it, and not to waste it. Because I think sometimes we look at that, the five talents and the, four, the two talents and the one, but I want to do some maths for you. If you're a one-talent person, you know, you look at the five-talent person, they, they invested it and they doubled it. If they were the one-talent person and hadn't hidden it in the ground and hadn't concealed it, but they had actually invested it, it would have become two talents. Two becomes four. Four becomes eight. Eight becomes 16. If you keep investing, if you keep sowing, if you keep giving of your talent, it multiplies. You know, I want to encourage you that you might look at your life and think, I'm a one talent person. What do I have to offer? I might as well bury it in the ground. But if you give of your one talent, you become a two talent person. If you give of your two talents, you become a four talent person. You know, I I think sometimes we look at people who are on platforms or in leadership positions, and I think sometimes we think, oh, they're definitely a five-talent person. But they may have been a one-talent person 10 years ago who has sown their gift, who has given of themselves, has given of their talent and entrusted it to God and God has multiplied it because they've been faithful with what they've been given. Don't waste your talent. You know, it talks about um, this, that when, when Jesus says, or, or, the, or the, um, the owner here says, to a good and faithful servant, you've been trustworthy or trustful with your gift. We have been entrusted with gifts and talents and abilities and passions that are uniquely yours, that make you who you are, who God created you to be. You are not to keep it a secret, but to invest it and to multiply it and to increase it and to bear fruit. You know, I, we spoke, I spoke to the girls on Friday night about coming out of hiding, coming out of the shadows. Bring your gifts and your talents out of hiding, out of the shadows, and sow them into the kingdom of God. It says in Romans 12, 
In verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So I'm going to paraphrase that for Elam, Auckland. If God has given you the ability to make a good oat latte, make it well. (laughs) If your gift is to shake people's hands at the door and say hello, do it gladly. If your gift is singing or playing an instrument, join the creative team. If it's not, don't join the creative team. If you are gifted with a car park wand and a rocker fluoro vest like no one else, help direct traffic during Replenish Conference. If you have a gift for driving cars and not having accidents, bring someone to church. (laughs) If you have a gift for patience with young children, speak to Danielle about serving the families here at Power Zone. Dream teamers, we need you. We need you to invest. And if you're not in the dream team, join the dream team. You have a talent and an ability and a passion to, 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 that God wants to use to invest and not to waste. Don't waste your talent. Number three, we can waste our time. I feel like, I feel like with nothing else to do, we've spent plenty of wasted time in the last little while. But do you know what? I remember putting Sam to bed. He's my little one. He's five and uh, putting him to bed one night, and you know, every night we pray and we kind of reflect on the day and thank God for the people who have, you know, we've hung out with and seen and, you know, the different things that have happened. And remember, he, we just kind of had this conversation that, like, today is never going to happen ever again. And his little five-year-old brain was just blowing, like, what do you mean? Like, never again. And I'm like, never again. We are never going to have today ever again. Tomorrow is a new day. And it was like this little light bulb moment for him, this revelation moment of, oh my gosh, it's done. That day is gone forever. And tomorrow is a new day. We can waste our time. We can waste our days. It says this in Romans 13, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves up in Christ and be up and about. There is no time to waste. Time can be wasted so easily, but there is no time to waste. Take full advantage of today. It talks about in Ephesians 5, this idea of redeeming the time. Redeeming the time, it means to buy up, to ransom, to rescue from loss. In Ephesians 5, it says that we should walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That same passage in the Passion Translation says, spend your life for his purposes. Spending your life for his purposes. I think sometimes we can spend our days 
oblivious to what God is doing, oblivious to what God is asking of us, or maybe even aware of what God is asking us to do and ignoring it, you know, and not actually redeeming the time that he has given us. It tells us in Romans 2 that merely hearing God's law is a waste of your time if you don't do what he commands. How powerful is that? Merely knowing what the Bible says, knowing what the word of God says, but not doing it is a waste of time. I want to encourage you this morning to pray that your days be filled with occasions and opportunities to spend your life for Jesus, looking for those opportunities, looking for those opportunities to to serve him, those occasions to speak up on his behalf, to, to to lend your voice to what he is doing on this earth. We can so easily waste our time. Don't waste your time. Number four, another thing I think we can waste is our thoughts. How easily can we waste what we think about? How easily can we waste what, is, what we meditate on and what we allow to think about? The, uh, in Philippians 4, it says to not worry about anything, but instead to pray about everything. Do you know that worried thoughts are wasted thoughts? Worried thoughts are wasted thoughts. Jealous thoughts are wasted thoughts. Resentful thoughts are wasteful thoughts. Self-loathing thoughts are wasted thoughts. Lustful thoughts are wasted thoughts. Hateful thoughts are wasted thoughts. Derogatory thoughts, judgmental, gossipy thoughts are wasted thoughts. You know, a psychologist says that as we think, As we physically think, we are changing the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out the toxic patterns of thinking and we can replace them with healthy thoughts. Do you know how I know she's right? Because it says in Philippians 4, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Bible tells us what we should think about. The things that we should think about are good and lovely and pure. They are worthy of praise. They are worthy they are, they are excellent thoughts. It tells us in 2 Corinthians to capture like a prisoner of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Capture every thought. Do you ever think about what you are thinking about? <laughs> I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm more aware of what I think about. And sometimes you think, where did that come from? And why am I thinking it? Be aware that so often what we are thinking about does not come from us and it does not come from God. It's sown by the enemy to confuse us, to distract us, to cause us to become disillusioned, to lose hope. So often, I've, I've had days where, like, and my kids are fine. Like, they're not perfect. They're boys and they are actually a bit nuts. But I blame David because it's definitely half his genetics. You know what he's like. Imagine that in two little people without any (laughs) self-control. He barely has any. They got none. But some some days I think, oh my gosh, I'm so failing at being a mother. I'm so failing. I just have not got this right. Do you know those thoughts don't come from God? Those, Those thoughts don't come from me. Those thoughts come from the enemy trying to undermine who God says that I am. And the same goes for you. There might be days when you think, I can't do this job. Or I'm a, I'm a terrible husband. I'm a, or I'm a, an awful wife. Or I can't, you know, there are so many things. I can't lead my, my small group. I can't. There are so many times we allow those patterns of thinking. Can I encourage you to fix your thoughts? Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. 
You know, you have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. The Bible also tells us that we have a sound mind, not a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. When you have the mind of Christ, you don't need to think of yourself anything less than what God thinks of you. The mind of Christ, activate how God thinks in your mind and dwell on those things. You know, I often think that I could meditate on my marriage uh, in a way that is not honorable or right or lovely. I can meditate. I could... I'm good at making lists in my head. I could make a list of all the things that David doesn't do around the house. I could look at those jocks and those socks and that Diet Coke can. I can visualize it now. I can, you know, I could, I could go through my house and I could think about the things that he forgot to do. I could think about that time that I let my son run the bath and it flooded my bathroom and poured through my garage. Oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> That was Pastor Steve. That was for you, Bex. You know, it's so easy. (laughs) Go back to David. I can. I can do that too. Um, But, you know, it's so easy to think about all the times that your spouse, perhaps, or children, or have let you down. You can meditate on all the negative things. You can list and list and list, and you can think of all those things. And and, and that becomes then how you view that person or how you view that situation. The Bible tells us we shouldn't do that. We should meditate on what is right, on what is excellent, on what is lovely. Don't waste your thoughts. And number five, don't waste your talk. It's so easy, I believe, for us to waste what we say. Be careful what you give breath to. Be careful what you speak into. Matthew 12 tells us, and this is so confronting when we read it. I think this is the Passion Translation. And Jesus says this, let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Proverbs 18 tells us that words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. You know, the one thing I find fascinating is that I was a biology teacher once, biology teacher once upon a time, and one thing I got thinking about in terms of nature and creation is that animals have been given, the, and even plants have been given the capacity to communicate. They have ways of communicating. They have ways of, of you know, whether it's with sound or whether it's with, with chemicals, or there are ways for animals and plants to communicate with each other or within themselves. But do you know what is so unique to us as humans is that we have been given language, not just communication. We've been given words to speak. God's created us with the capacity for language and therefore with with the ability to create with our words, to speak life with our words, which is unique to us as humanity. It tells us in Colossians to let our conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. The Bible talks about all these ideas of wasted words, conversations that we can end up having. And I think we are in a world that is saturated with words, saturated with words. You know, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a blog. Everyone has a little dig on Instagram. You know, everyone has words to say, but I want to encourage you to choose your words wisely. Choose your words that they are gracious and attractive. It's okay not to have an opinion. It's okay not to to chip into every conversation. It's actually okay. Remember the old one, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. (laughs) I don't think we're very good at that anymore. (laughs) I think we always have something to add to the conversation. 
It says in Ephesians 4, never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. That same passage in the message says, say only what helps. Each word a gift. Are your words a gift? Is your talk gracious? Is your talk attractive? Are your words a gift? I want to remind you that if you are finding it hard to speak words of life, speak in tongues for a little while. It's a good remedy when your talk isn't beautiful. Spend some time praying. Spend some time using your words between you and God, English and your heavenly language. Spend some time praying and and allow God to change the way that you are talking, change the way that you are speaking life to people. And in closing, I'd love the band to join me. It says, or or perhaps just keys. Um, It says in 1 Corinthians, with all this going for us in 1 Corinthians 15, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. What a beautiful encouragement to us this morning. Confident that nothing you do for him, nothing that you do for Jesus is a waste of time or a waste of effort. Nothing you do for him, your prayers, your worship, your work, your time, your finance, nothing you do for him is a waste. This morning, your treasure, your talent, your time, your thoughts, your talk, don't waste them. Use them and serve them and unto Jesus, invest them into the kingdom of God and just see what God will do when you choose to offer those things up to him today. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I'd love to pray for you before I hand back to Pastor Steve today. I want to encourage you to redeem the time, redeem the time that you've been given on this earth, in this season, in this now, in this time in history, redeem the time. I want to pray for you this morning that, you know, one of those things might have hit home for you today, that perhaps you have been wasting your talk, perhaps you've been wasting your thoughts, and you've been allowing yourself to think things that aren't what God thinks of you. Maybe you've been wasting your talent, you've been hiding in the shadows, hiding, burying what you have to offer because you think it's not good enough, or you think that, I often think people perhaps in seasons of life have, have, have thought, well, I've done it before. You know, I've, 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 when I was younger, I served kids. I served, you know, I served in every team. I, I was a small group leader. I, you know, you might think that you've done your time. Can I encourage you? I encourage you. You are still here on this earth. Your time is not yeah. done. Yeah, Redeem right. the time that you have. You know, Young men, old men will see visions. You know, I want to encourage you that it's not over. You are here on this planet, so redeem the time. Allow God to use you. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to God that says, I want to be used. I don't want to waste my talents. I don't want to waste my time any longer. I want to encourage you that what you have done in the past was not wasted. It was not wasted. It hasn't cost you your children. It hasn't cost you your marriage. It hasn't cost you your health. It was done unto Jesus, and he will help redeem that for you if you're in a season of of perhaps wondering or regretting where you've come from or what has happened in your family. Redeem the time today. I'm going to pray for you. Why don't you lift your hands and we'll pray for you. God, I thank you for every single person who is here. Not one person is here by accident. Not one person is here by chance. And I thank you, God, that that you, I just pray, God, encourage hearts this morning. I pray, God, that we would identify perhaps the things we have wasted, the things we have withheld or, or, or not offered unto you. But God, I pray this morning, help us. Help us with our talk. Help us with our thoughts. Help us with our time. Help us with our talents. Help us with our treasure. I pray, God, help us to sow 
ourselves into the kingdom of God, knowing that nothing we do unto you is a waste. We offer it to you afresh this morning, God, and I thank you, God, for your goodness to us. I pray God bless us in abundance when we serve you in Jesus' name. Everyone said together, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.